Hi friends, happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of Close the Blinds, a podcast highlighting victims of childhood abuse, helping share their stories, and hopes to help educate others. My name is Holly and I am your host for this season. You guys were so kind and so gentle with the questions you asked for Ronnie and the comments you gave, and I adore all of our listeners for that. I have to say that males opening up and telling their story is amazing. It is very hard in this society, especially in the United States, for men to talk about their feelings without the feeling of shame or guilt being attached to it. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the guilt and the shame that come along with being the victim of your parents' abuse. I know that this is a male month, but I want to hit on this because still to this day, I am a victim of my parents' abuse. Two days ago, I blocked my father on all forms of social media. About six months ago, I blocked my mother on all forms of social media. It's been a long road to hoe, and I want you all to know that you're not alone. If you feel that someone is blaming you for parental alienation, that is a tactic that is used time and time again to make you feel like you are the perpetrator instead of the victim. At this time, I would like you to throw some headphones in, walk away from little ears, and join me as we discuss what we can do for our children so that this is not a generational curse. For being here, I want to start by saying we definitely will be having more men on the podcast coming up next Monday, February 26th, is my friend Patrick. He's going to share stories that involve very harsh, harsh realities for young men. Um, stories uh, from all the way from rape and molestation to drug abuse, addiction, um, feeling unsafe within the military. I cannot wait for you to hear his story. It is incredible the way that he can open his heart and share with you his journey. And I am just in awe of where he is today. That being said, I really did want to make sure I got it right with his story. So I needed a little extra time to edit and that came with me working the weekend and all these things coming up. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the comments that I've received that are the, she's doing this for attention or she just wants attention. That's correct. At no point have I said that I did not want someone to look at this podcast, hear this podcast, and say, oh my goodness, can I help you? Is your brother okay? What can we do to navigate or change the system? 
Is there a way to make the statistics of childhood abuse and neglect fall? So a blessing in disguise, as it was, um, my co-host for today, for the podcast that you're hearing right now, uh, got sick when we were supposed to record. And so his has been postponed for a few weeks and that is totally fine by me. And I am just here to talk and tell you a little bit of an update about what's going on and where we're at. So I have never in, you know, the last, I'd say my son is, my youngest is almost five as of March 1st. Oh, my baby is going to be five. You guys, oh my gosh, I cannot, but he will be five as of March 1st. And so for about five and a half years, my mother and I have not had a good relationship. About that same time, my father and I had a falling out in which we came to a resolution about a year after. So for about four, four and a half years, my father and I have been okay. Since then, he has relapsed and there is something off about his behavior. He currently is out on bond um, and he skipped his hearing. And so they have a bench warrant out for his arrest. That to me indicates that most likely he will be homeless or facing homelessness very soon. On top of that, my mother, again, has been homeless for about three years now. And she was living at my father's house because my stepfather is in prison. So now she's staying with my sister. This is going on two or three months as of today. And it's just stressful. I'm constantly feeling like there is a tug of war happening within my family. Uh, my mom, my sister, and my little brother all living in very close quarters and me feeling like I'm on the other side of the world and not able to help my sister in any way. Um, I know my other brother who's, you know, 20 is confused and hurt and angry. So it's just, it's been a lot for all of us and I wanted to hit on the fact that they're both going to be homeless at the same time. Now, one might think, oh, well, you know, they're divorced and that can happen, you know, by happenstance. And sure, it, it could, right? Um, if this was the first time, this is not the first time. This is probably the third or fourth time that they have both been homeless at the exact same time. And if that does not scream child neglect to you, I do not know what does. When you're going through neglect and emotional abuse in your childhood, it often leads to a very low self-esteem and mental health issues. It can last years. It can last a lifetime. It can last decades. I'm currently in talk therapy as well as I see a psychiatrist. I do take medication 
And for me, my journey has been learning how to cope and navigate medication in a way that's healthy and safe rather than that's ineffective and for fun. So I knew that I had addictive tendencies and for years I would abuse my medication, which wasn't helpful. So in the past probably three years, I've really buckled down on trying to manage myself and my medication in a way that can only be helpful to my mental health. I also want to say that childhood neglect and childhood abuse is a failure on the parent in no way, shape, or form. Should I still to this day, especially just because of the conversations as of late that I've had with my father and with my mother, because I hadn't spoke to her in years before my father started acting out and going to jail and doing all these things. Um, but anyways, I, I just want you to know that it's not your fault at no point is the child to blame in this situation. No matter what they do, that child is the victim. The parents are the abuser. It's important to notate that lots of times you do not say to your teacher or your caregiver, what have you, that you are being abused, A, because you don't know that you're being abused or neglected, number one. Number two, or B, you have been coached to say nothing, to believe that the police, that the protective services, the child advocates are not there for you or to help you. They're there to break up your family. I cannot reflect on how many times I have been told that if I told my story and these stories, that we would be split apart and taken away. And I will tell you right now that not only is the devil trying to stir the pot and split my family up, but so are my parents. They are trying every which way to turn us against each other, to talk shit about us to one another, to just dehumanize and be evil. And it's not, uh, it's so hard because I wish my younger siblings saw that and I don't believe that they're there yet. And that's okay. That is to no fault of their own, nor am I blaming them at all. I th- I just really think that my parents are wonderful, wonderful manipulators and that both of them have manipulated their way into deceiving all of us in numerous ways and at numerous times. My mom currently is still at my sister's house. Um, she is homeless. I assume my dad will be at some point too, if he is not already. I also want to hit on that it can lead to these effects that are, are long, long lasting, if not forever. My depression and anxiety 
have never gone away. It, I can tell you when it started. I remember it starting around 13, which is when it got really bad at home. And it's just never left. So for more than half my life, I've been battling my own mind. And I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but I was drunk taking my ACT and scored in the top 8% of my graduating class. So I'm very intelligent. And to be that intelligent and have to sit with the devil quite literally on one shoulder and an angel on the other and try to talk yourself out of suicide or suicidal ideation is such a fucking struggle. It is like you feel crazy or bipolar or insane and it's, oh my goodness, it's so hard. And I know that there's others that have dealt with that as well. And I just want to say that those aren't the only things that it can lead to, right? You'll have low self-esteem. You can be hyperactive. You can have the failure to thrive. You can withdraw from friends and activities. You can have PTSD. You can have intimacy issues. You can shun intimacy. Sorry. Always. I have to fuck up something on a podcast. You know that. Anyways, you can um, have intimacy issues, whether that, you know, being you're shunning intimacy or you can be like myself and have intimacy issues where you feel like that is a form of control because somehow you escaped ever being sexually abused and you've been abused in every other way. So that's the only thing that I feel like I've always had my own control over. Um, there's a lot of things that come with this. One of the biggest things as an adult I've realized is that poor self-discipline really along with the guilt and the shame plays a role in what you deal with as an adult, as a parent, with mental health struggles, being the victim of like parental alienation, parental abuse. Um, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. I still to this day feel guilty that I'm not there to swoop in and take my brother, even though I have tried. The court system hasn't necessarily helped us in any way, shape, or form. There's been CPS contacted, the school contacted. I've had trusted friends who I graduated with work for the school and CPS call me on the side and say, hey, what's going on isn't okay, but there's nothing I can do. My hands are tied. It's heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. I just want everyone to know that there are different things that you can do. You can do family therapies. You can, there are lots of parenting classes as well. And that should never be seen as shameful. If you don't know because you weren't parented, how are you supposed to know? I remember everyone like looking down on me or looking at me like I was almost a clown for thinking that maybe I should take like a Lamaze in a parenting class. And my mom was like, you know how to be a mom. You've been a mom since you were 10. And I mean, she was right. <laughs> like I had, and I didn't need those classes, but there's nothing wrong with that. 
if that helps you be the best you that you can be, that's exactly what we should be doing, friend. I think that lots of times there's no way to to verify that this child's being neglected or abused and it's one person's word against the other. Like right now you're hearing my side of the story. And if you heard my mom's, I'm sure she would spin it in a way that sounded almost half-ass logical. So I don't know. But there's no reason why a woman can't have a job and can't have a stable home for four years running and be homeless living in my sister's studio apartment with her son. That is unacceptable. That is child neglect. My dad, if you want to be an alcoholic and you want to drink yourself into whatever, you know, toes you have left you want to chop all those off whatever do your thing honey boo boo we're all grown but she has a child and it's so much harder to look at a kid and know or diagnose those things or be sure of those things where you can make a formal complaint even I know that family services is overwhelmed at all times, obviously. And on top of that, their hands get tied. When they come in, they just check, is your water running? Is your heat on? And if you have, like in Michigan, if you have a propane tank and you have a gas line, you can fake that your heat and running water are working. And I'm not playing. We've done it numerous times. <laughs> um, So like, it's just, it's a joke, you know? Um, your pediatrician obviously could tell if you were physically or sexually abused, but again, that is only on, to a certain extent. Um, the National Child Abuse Hotline is 800 for a child. That's 800 422 4453. Sexual abuse, any type of neglect, abuse, anything by a parent to a child is not okay. It needs to be reported. It needs to be investigated. And we need to do our best to be vigilant about these things. It's said from healthline.com, it is quoted that one in five female children could be the victims of sexual abuse in their lifetime. And one in 20 male children could be the victims of sexual abuse in their lifetime. It's also quoted to say that one out of every seven children in the United States of America will be the victims of abuse before the age of 18. That's insane. We need to do better. We need to be better. We can be better. All right, y'all. I am going to wrap it up by saying I absolutely adore each of our supporters. I just made my first little tiny commission off of the podcast and I gifted it back to our listeners on our TikTok. So if you're not following us, you need to run and follow us on TikTok at Close the Blinds Podcast. 
If you have any questions for me or you want to be a guest on our upcoming podcasts, which air every Monday, please feel free to contact me. All my information should be listed in the info box below. But just in case, you can always get a hold of me via TikTok at Holly Corhorn or by email at close the blinds podcast at AOL.com. Again, thank you guys so much for being here and for listening. And I can't wait for you to hear Patrick's story. He's absolutely amazing. And he is doing great work in the community now. Please join us next Monday to hear his story. All right, you guys have a great week. Be kind to one another and give someone a hug. Love you. Bye.